On Friday the 16th of November, you may have noticed that the old Radcliffe Infirmary building was lit up by a projection, a light and sound spectacular. It was Victorian Light Night, a collaboration between the Diseases of Modern Life project and Ross Ashton and Karen Monid, aka The Projection Studio, in conjunction with Torch, the Oxford Research Centre in the Humanities, as part of the Being Human Festival. I'm Dr Catherine Charlwood, and today we'll look at how Year 8 students from Cheney School got involved with Victorian Light Night. Professor Sally Shuttleworth and I went into Cheney School to present ideas about Victorian communication technologies and how the 19th century saw radical changes in the ways that people got around through the invention of railways and how they transmitted their thoughts and feelings through the invention of the penny post and the telegraph. In discussion, we thought about how these developments might be mirrored in modern day use of such things as WhatsApp, Snapchat and Skype. We then held a competition where Cheney students produced artistic responses to this presentation. And now you'll hear from some of our prize winners, along with readings of their work. First up, here's our first place prize winner with a 21st century take on the influx of letters the Penny Post caused the Victorians. Hello, my name is Lucas. I'm 12. So I made a zoetrope. It's sort of an animation, and the animation is a uh, is like post falling onto a person and a Twitter bird eating a person. It's a slightly comical way to represent the stresses of modern life. Obviously, zoetropes are a Victorian invention, so I thought it was appropriate. Diseases of Modern Life by Bella. People running to catch the train. Telegram lines caught in the rain. Phone wires all in a tangle and there's electric lights instead of candles. Everything is busy, no time to think. Hurrying and bustling, can't stop to blink. Always moving, there is no time and electricity is in its prime. I'm Bella Goff, I'm 12. I wrote the song so the lines get more crammed together as you go along so you need to talk faster and say more stuff in one breath because you had to think about more things and things got faster and more hurried. Waiting for the train by Helena Khan. I check my watch in frustration. It's late again. I still don't see why these were invented. All they do is cause trouble and get everyone all stressed. Talking about causing trouble, time is flying as fast as the mice in Mrs. Podge's cellar. All this electricity and telegrams are making our brains go utterly discombobulated. I often ponder over the days of my childhood where we could laze about completely isolated without a care in the world. We saw the countryside wherever we went and our adventures on a horse and cart were most exciting. I had never even seen a factory until my early 20s. Now children are brought up with black smoke surrounding them. We had no wires to look at when we went to the village, but now you can barely see the sky as they are everywhere. Oh look, here comes the train. The stress of getting a ticket this morning was almost unbelievable. 
Oh well, at least they're faster than horses. I'm Helena Khan and I'm 12 years old. I thought that it was quite a good idea because um, people in that time were really surprised and really shocked about these trains and they were so used to these horses and carriages and then suddenly there were these machines that you had to get on and I thought it was quite nice how the character is talking about his childhood because he's saying how when he was younger he didn't have any of this new modern day, all these um, inventions, and how he just liked to laze about with nothing to do, and yes. he, they got to get on the horse and carriage, which was normal for them. But then now, the children know about these factories and all these trains, and it's just normal for them. Social media now, and all these new new iPhones coming out all the time, and all these inventions, and parents just think it's too much, and they remembered when they just had to sit inside and play board games, and, and there was only one channel on the television, and now there are all these channels, and it's really it's too much. <laughs> There was another competition students could enter, this time with a grander prize. Using outlines of the old Radcliffe Infirmary building, entrants were asked to draw what they think about the speed of life, and three lucky winners had their designs converted into projections seen by over two and a half thousand people on light night. Here, our winners reflect on their designs, meeting Ross Ashton, and the experience as a whole, beginning with our first place prize winner. My name's Freya and I'm 12 but 13 tomorrow. I chose to do about five different types of ways of telling the time that have been used over time, such as sundials or mobile phones. I thought it was quite an interesting way to interpret what we were given because I like the idea of how people have like developed ways of telling the time. It was amazing. I've never had my art or like drawings or design anything like on that scale, so it was great to see. <laughs> no, but I imagine like tens, maybe hundreds. I don't know. We had over two and a half thousand visitors. Wow. <laughs> so, yes, quite a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like spiked my interest in history and stuff and I'm interested in doing it for like GCSEs. I just like to say thank you because it was great and I really liked it. <laughs> yeah, it was really fun. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> I did the Victorian man trapped in a time glass because I felt they would feel trapped because there's all this stuff going on and it's flying so fast around them and they're just still and they're just thinking what is happening. <laughs> and also um, I did a train obviously and I did the telephone wires connecting to the light bulbs because that was obviously a new invention and the, and the telephone as well. I did the telegram. I did the um, clock with the Roman numerals at the back because I thought that was something that they were used to. And then next to it is all this light bulb is something, and the, the light bulbs and the telephones is something that they're not used to and they, they don't like very much. It's just, I drew that, why is it on a building? <laughs> 
I think maybe I like to uh, maybe consider my parents a bit more on their views on all the, on the modern technology and kind of see their perspective on it instead mm. of just saying, what are you talking about? It's, it's normal, you're, you're just old. <laughs> you just don't, you don't know anything. I should start to think, oh, maybe, maybe they were used to th different things then. Well, at first I was just thinking that there was going to be someone in the middle, really confused. And then I started thinking about what was going to be around it, because it couldn't just be one person. So I put like telegram wires and a train and a phone, just because as um, technology got more like developed and you had to think about more things. It was quite weird because like I drew that and then it was massive. <laughs> and, and seen by over two and a half thousand people. So um, yes. <laughs> and then did you go did Ross show you how the projection kit yes, worked? He did. And what was that like? That was really interesting because he said he had to use two projectors just to make the brightness like how he wanted it. I'm Dr Lorna Robinson, I'm the director of the IRIS Project, which is an educational charity that runs a classic centre and also a museum, both of which are at Cheney School. Well, the whole premise of the project sounded really exciting, diseases of modern life and the idea of the kind of frenetic pace of life in Victorian times was something that felt so relatable. Um, and so I felt that there would be something that the students would really relate to and that they would really enjoy exploring. And it connects really well with um, our whole kind of approach of trying to introduce history through ideas, artefacts and more unusual kind of ways of doing things. So I thought I'd have a go. And um, what was it like to see your students work on the Radcliffe Infirmary building? It was so exciting. That was probably one of the most thrilling moments of the year. I remember I got out of the car with my daughter. At that moment, one of the Bella's work was being projected and it looked so beautiful and so striking and I knew that they would feel so proud to see it. Um, so yes, that was, that was really exciting. And then we stayed and watched the whole show reel, which was really gripping. My daughter just wouldn't leave. So yeah, it was great, really, really great. It certainly made me think about sort of big ideas like doing a projection. That was just not something that I'd thought of doing before, like the idea of creating work and projecting it and the impact that can have, projecting onto a relevant building in this case. So that sort of thing made me think about things in a different way. And seeing the kind of things that the students made, like the Victorian toy that they built, I was not expecting to get when, when we sent out the kind of project. So yes, it's, it's kind of made me think about different ways of doing things, definitely. What would you say to other teachers who maybe have an opportunity to get university researchers inside their school? Oh, I would say go for it. it. It was such a big hit with the two classes that we ran it with. They really, really enjoyed it. And I think it really broadened their perspectives. It's just an opportunity that um, they just wouldn't have got. So I would definitely recommend it. So there you have it. Part of Victorian Light Night's success was due to our collaboration with the talented pupils of Cheney School. And we'd like to express our thanks to them 
and to Dr Lorna Robinson for working with us. If you'd like to know more about Victorian Light Night or the Diseases of Modern Life project, please see the blogs on our website at www.diseasesofmodernlife.org or follow us on Twitter at DiseasesModLife. I'm Catherine Charlwood, and music for this episode was from the Victor Hugo Orchestra and the BBC Sound Effects Archive. Thank you for listening.